Okay, let's start. Well, the hard part is the Bible here, not the shall we? But let's start. Let's first read the Tosefta. That's pretty straightforward. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's Gluskin. That's, that's the correctness. Okay. Now, uh, what is Gluskin? Comes from Really? That's what Jasper said. It was fine Okay, fine. It's very fine flour. Okay. Don't believe everything you read in Jasper. It might be true. I don't know. It's like bread. It's really good flour. Whatever it is. It's a delicacy compared to Kalabakim. Okay. How do you know? I don't know. There's there are bakeries that you know style themselves as Hamish bakeries. Yeah, because yeah. you know what else comes from that island. Okay. <laughs> you guys will explain to him later. Okay. Stop, stop. <laughs> Forever. Just you would hope they can't identify you individually. <laughs> I'm married already, so it's okay. <laughs> yes, go ahead, Ali. So a full one of fine flour and a full one of the balabasin is the fine one is better. Okay, so now if it's a choice, uh, what what is the grain composition of these things? What grain are they from? Right? They're both the same grain, is the point. I would assume that they're wheat. I would assume that they're wheat. Okay. It could be any of them, I agree. I'm not contesting that, but the odds are that the odds are that there is no processional uh, gluskin of barley. Okay? If barley bread was generally considered barley animal fodder, it's a pretty good bet that it wasn't barley. Go ahead. So, the so obviously, the, the Shlema takes precedence, even though it's not quite as good. So this is interesting, because if you think about it's not irreconcilable, this, there are two conflicting mashmarios in the Tosefta. Because the first one said, Shlema shall balabayas and a prusa shall gluskin. Which one do you make the bracha on? Balabayas. So Shlema is more important than, we can use the term chashuv, yafeh, whatever term we want to use. One is a better quality, but the loaf isn't whole. Better to make the bracha on the quality, on, on the loaf that's whole of a lesser quality material. Whereas when it comes to chitam and saorim, so again, we understand with chitam and saorim, Chitim and Saorim Shlemim are like Balabayas and Kulskim Shlemim, which is, of course, they're both Shlemim, so just have one that's better, make the bracha. But what happens if the better one is not Shalim? So here we opt for the better one, even though it's not Shalim. We opt for the Prusa Shalchitim rather than the Shlema Shalsorim. So there is a conflicting Mashbos. Which is better, Koshuv or Shalim? Yes? 
It could just be that the differential is different. Okay, so it might be that the difference between, you know, this is a, you know, you presume that if you were to do a price, to gauge by price, the Gluskin would be more generally of the same kind. Shalom would be more expensive than the Balabayas. But probably the gap between the Gluskin and the Balabayas is a smaller gap between the Chitim and so on. So, okay. So now the Tosefta continues. Kuslim, yeah. So barley is better than spell. Well, no, no. Barley is not better than spell. Barley gets the bracha. The Tosefta says... What is, what is spell, by the way? Uh, it's a type of wheat. It's a type of wheat. Yeah. Species of wheat. You, you probably, most people couldn't tell the difference, I suspect, between wheat matzah and spell matzah. I think some people with allergies are more sensitive to wheat. Not, not, not... Uh, celiac would make a difference. They both have probably the same amount of gluten, or approximately the same amount of gluten. But some people have claimed to have a sensitivity to wheat, which is less than spelt, which probably has more than anything to do with how, how, how overbred it's been, probably less than, per se, wheat versus spelt. But they're different species of wheat. Okay. So even though Kusman are better than so, are, yes, because they're wheat, Ella. Oh, so that's very striking. Why is that striking? Does the Torah ever mention Kusman? No. No. It is mentioned. It's also mentioned, I believe, in Ezekiel 4 9. Yeah, it's usually just considered a type of Shitara. I understand. You know what Ezekiel 4 9 is? Yes. Yeah, he got the idea from the bread. No, I'm kidding. The bread came from the pasta, right? Why did you try to get one in your bed? Because it's healthy. Yeah. How many of you know what Ezekiel 4.9 is out of curiosity? Yes, it's based upon Ezekiel 4.9 when he's basically told he's in the Matzor and you take whatever grains you can get. So it sounds like a, it sounds like a hippy-dippy, you know, health food store, you know, whole grain concoction, which is probably a healthy view. So it's called Ezekiel 4.9 bread. That's where it comes from. So it's Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 9. Then what happens in the public? Well, uh, he's told by God. Chaskel does all these actions, like to, as, uh, as, a, as a, an accident of the siege and destruction of Jerusalem before it happens. He's told at one point to build a little fort. You know, most of us would oh. play with soldiers. Are you referring to, to the brand Ezekiel bread? No, there's a, there's no, a type no. of bread called Ezekiel 4 9 bread. bread. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's a company called Ezekiel Mixed Bread. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, um, so Kust, I think Kusman is mentioned there as well. Um, now, the problem, of course, with this line is that Kusman is wheat. It's not just, I'm not making that as a botanical statement per se. I'm making it because the Mishnah in Kilayim, when it lists things that are not Kilayim that is there, it says keep them in Kusman. And the Gemara in, uh, in Psachim talks about Kusvin, Shibola Shul, and Shifon, which are the other three not, that are not called Chit and Soda, and it says that two of them are barley, one of them is wheat, which is at least the problem for Felix's identification because he assumes that two of them are wheat and one of them are barley. But Shibola Shul is, 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 is a species of, well, 
Selix assumes is a species of barley, because the Gemara says that. Oats, by the way, is not a species of barley, but you don't know how Chazal classify things because, um, because they would have done it more by appearance. They weren't going to be looking at genetic and, and other types of things. Uh, on, the one, on the other hand, Chazal probably never saw an oat in their life, so it's unlikely there that, that Shibomashol refers to that. Um, a bee is a nay, Kusman, which he, doesn't, he calls Reisli, actually. I think he's a Shibo who's spelled. But we usually translate Kusman as spelled. Either, either rice wheat or spelt are species of wheat. That's quite yeah. clear. But what one of the Echelonim says here is, yeah, it's true, it says Chita Sora, but it has a different name. And Chita and Sora refer to a certain genus of, a certain species specifically of wheat and barley. And even though the other kinds are also species of wheat and barley, they have a different name, so they're not the ones that are referred to. They were probably also much less common. The reason why the Torah, the Torah does not Kusman, the reason it's not mentioned is Shiva Saminim, because what are the Shiva Saminim? The stuff that were commonly grown in Israel. That, that's what, you know, it, it's not, this is not a metaphysical statement that there was something deeply noble about the pomegranates. I mean, the public seems to be treating them like, like right after, like, Eric called about, like, a very nice land and it has all the weed and barley and whatever, right? Like, it's nice, at least. Well, well, yes. It's not entirely noble. No, 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 but the point is, it's not that there's something special about the Shemesavina, other than. They're what grew in Eretz Yisrael. Right? I didn't understand this until, I don't know why it took me long. I was not a youngster. I was an oldster. I probably teach you many years, and I read you know, Jared Diamond's Gun, Germs, and Steel, where he's talking about the existence of you know, certain types of uh, uh, plants and animals that were naturally either easily domesticable uh, you know, in certain regions, and when he starts to describe you know, the Fertile Crescent and the crops that are found there, I'm looking at this thing, that sounds like an awful like the Shiv Samin. It's like, oh, duh, of course. You know, the Torah, it's not that the Torah, I think there were a hundred different fruits that grew in Israel, and the Rosham said, well, pomegranates are better than apples, we won't miss Tapuchim. Well, no, it's because Tapuchim, they, might have, they probably made their way at some point there to Israel, um, but those are, you know, from Central Asia. Whereas these, the Shiv Saminim are things that were native to Mesopotamia, you know, and the Levant. And that's why the Torah praises them, because so those are the best things that grew in Eretz Yisrael. Right? The Torah did not choose to speak about sloth, even though it grew in that region. Yes. So you don't hear that that Kuzmin is not native? What's that? Is you hear that is not native? No, the question is how common it was. Also, is it interesting That's that the question. It's obviously recognized, it's already recognized, the Torah distinguishes they're recognized as being different, so it's not like they don't know about it, but... There's a crop of What's the really like Israeli crop? Like that's what they would be. That's what's the chita or the kusman? Right. So, so kusman may be grown in some places. I don't. I don't know exactly. But the fact that the Torah knows chita and kusman are different, you know, and they choose chita and saora suggests that those are really the, the ubiquitous crops. And maybe some people here and there grew kusman. So it's not like it was an unknown crop, and it's related to wheat, but it's it's not you know the standard crop. That's what I would assume the Shiva Samidim are about. Okay. So even though Kusmin are better than Sarum, because they're basically like weeds, so they taste better, they make, you know, the, the prime, by the way, what is the primary characteristic? I mean, I, I don't know. Taste-wise, I have no idea, because I've never really had barley bread. Um, and I don't know if, like, cooked barley and cooked wheat taste so different. Um, you know, you can get, like, the cooked wheat, like frita, I think. Yeah. I think that's, like, whole grain, you know, whole wheat. Um... So I don't know how different they taste, but you know what the real difference between chitin and sarum is? Right? You don't have to gluten in them. 
Wheat has much more gluten, which means two things. It's a glutinous protein, uh, which means there's more protein in wheat than even in barley. Uh, compare that to corn or rice or sorghum, uh, and all those crops do not have the same kind of protein in them that wheat does. This is part of Jared Diamond's argument of why, why, why Eurasians achieved technological accomplishments earlier than other civilizations because they had better, by chance, they had better crops to domesticate and produce greater surplus of the calories and the kinds of foods that you needed. Um, so, uh, but chita has more gluten than in the other grains. Spelt is like chitim, and you know what that means in addition. It's not just that they, weren't, they didn't know protein versus whatever else. They didn't understand that. But what else does it do for you? It makes a fluffy loaf of bread. Because gluten is what is the it's an elastic protein that when that can stretch and when you get when you get the chemical reaction the carbon dioxide that's produced will allow the gluten to then stretch and rise when you cook when you bake bread or you boil a dough you know what it does to the gluten it destroys its elasticity Rabbi Tenlozer once gave much like a rubber band and a rubber band is very flexible and pliable what happens if you bake a rubber band it turns brittle. Right, you just bend it and it'll all just crumble. So that's what that's the way gluten works, which is why once you bake matzah, oh, ask forgive me, um, you can crumble it up, you can mix it with water, you could throw yeast in there, you know, Fleischmann's yeast, not sourdough, Fleischmann's yeast, which is not hummus. And it's never going to become real hummus because once it's been baked or boiled, it can no longer become, there's no possibility of chemois. The only reason, as we do not enjoy pasta, oh, Ezra the first, uh, the only reason we do not enjoy pasta on Pesach, pasta is, to be perfect, pasta on Pesach. You take your flour, your water, you make a dough, you extrude it through the shape, and you toss it right into boiling water. It takes a couple minutes. There's no 18-minute issue, but it's a home of, and, and that would end the chemist process. So you could have, uh, you know, uh, 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 Alfredo fettuccine or whatever it is, you could have that on Pesach, Medina de Gemara, but the Gaonim had a chumr that we're not became in Chalita, that we don't get it right, so somehow we don't boil it right. In the interim, right, it will rise and become hummus. But Al Pidina de Gemara, you can make fresh pasta on Pesach, boil it immediately, and it's enjoyed. That sounds like what? What do you mean? Why is it matzah gebrachs? It's flour and water. No? Yes. Yes. Right. You, you understand that the word for the Ashkenazi cookiness over kidneys and the chum of the Gon of Chalita, think about what you put, you know what you couldn't eat on Pesach? Chumets. Okay. Anyway, so this is, this is so, so Kusman anyway is a kind of chitim, um, but it's not chitim, it's a slightly different species, the Torah recognizes it separate, and since Saora is mentioned there, even though maybe Macha Behema, there's a preference to make on chitim. Okay, excellent. So we're going to learn later. So what the question is, the Gemara later, in talking about Kiddin Mabrachas, will have this notion that the closer you are to Eretz, the, uh, the, uh, and there are two Eretzes, Eretz Chitar Sarah, the Gassi Road, and then Eretz Yishemun So the closer you are to Eretz, and if you're equally close to Eretz, but the first Eretz is better than the second Eretz, so that's why, that may be a reason why Shittim gets Kadima. It also gets Kadima because it tastes much better. Right? The, the, the presentation of Tosefta is not because it's first or second, it's because it's Minim Shiva. But you don't know what it would have said if you had two Minim Shiva. But yes, we have a notion, we probably passed it this way, that if you are eating fruits and you have uh, a grape 
and a fig and a pomegranate and an olive. So which goes first? Well, obviously, I'm going to make the bracha. So which should make the bracha? Olive? No, on the grape. I'm sorry, correct, on the olive, because the olive is rishon la'aretz, whereas the get grape is shlishi la'aretz. But, if you have, uh, uh, if you have a, don't have the olive, but you just have a grape and a pomegranate and a fig, you make the bracha on the grape, because it's shlishi la'aretz as opposed to being rishon la'aretz. That's the, uh, uh, that is the, what the Gemara is going to have later. I don't remember. Everybody agrees to that's Rabbi Yehuda. But for now, for our purposes, Chetim could be better than Saorim on two grounds. Number one is because Achtem Ekra, and number two is because it's better. These, this is a Machlokas that we showed in our Sugya. Actually, what the idea for Chetim is here. Okay, this, if you had trouble reading Tosus like I did, it's because Tosus is stuck on, on, on this particular issue. But other Rishonim, the Balamor offers both. It could be either. And other Rishonim, I think, Rabbi Yonah, if you read carefully, assumes it's because Chetim is better than so. Does it matter? The other, what the consequences that? Um, does it matter? No, just in how to make sense of the Gemara. How to make sense of the Gemara, I think. I mean, let me leave it at that for the moment. Okay. All right, now you found me. You're still on, on. Okay. I'll go for Boaz after you. <laughs> I should have given him the first part and given you the Bobby, but go ahead. <laughs> You'll notice the kuf instead of the gimel. What's the difference between those two words? Vo- vo- voicing and non-voicing. It's the same word, kuf and gimel. All right. Uh, the Ramban. The Ramban does a lot of this, by the way, in his parish on Chumash, in different places where he points these things out. So on Matas Haaretz B'Sheva Shnei Hasava. It's not this week's or last week's parish, but Likmatsim. Yosef, when he gathered the grand plan, he made it likmatim. What is kmatim? So the Ramban links it to the word in Kohelet, chofer gumatz bo yipal. He says the gimel and the kof, the same outside, the same thing. It means they're pits. They have, uh, you know, uh, cisterns or whatever you want to call it, use the term, to fill with grain. That's what Yosef did. So kluskin and kluskin are the same thing. I mean, you would realize that anyway, but that's, that's why there's any misplayed equivalents. Voice that unvoiced. Go ahead. So this is Tarot Tosafta, really to a T. Now, and this is an important line. It's a later mission in the parak where the Chacham are going to disagree. They're going to say that Chavim overrides Sheva Samina. So I could have an olive, and I could have a, you know, a pomegranate apple, but I love apples. That's my favorite. My regular, my favorite, then I should always make the bracha on that. You understand? Is that supposed to be Yiddish? Well, no, it's supposed to be Yudah. Okay. Because that's what happens. You know, in Yiddish, the same thing is true. If anybody, does anybody have an Uncle Yudi here? So it's just an illusion of the hay. The hay is weak. It's a, it's a rough breathing. Okay? Got that? Anybody? All right. So, 
you can see by the way that the, the H sound is weak in the region alright so continue now Amar he says Omer ala Torah it's like Mivarech ala Torah and what's Patnakia? White bread. I know that most of us would say, I think most of us would say, I'll tell you all of us should say, white bread is terrible. But once upon a time, the truth is they didn't suffer for lack of fiber in their diet. Uh, and it's not like they had an industrial complex feeding people garbage. So occasionally you had white bread, it was very good. Uh, I guess. You know what you did with the bread? You fed it to the animals. Okay. So. You mean, do you think I'm a DEI person? Is that what you're asking? I don't know. Was that the. What was, what, uh, were you asking as a joke or something? I'm saying most people would think white is better today. Of course, but it's terrible for you health-wise. Okay, oh, I, I, I thought this saying. was a, a political question. It's a joke. <laughs> okay. Or if Weider said that white is terrible. Yes. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> um, now, uh, people eat it because it tastes better. Right. That's but, uh, I, I, although, I, I would disagree on certain things. I don't know, but I, I had a well, white bread and You're going to think it's the trash. First, first thing, in all fairness, in all fairness to you, White bread, like out of the bag, is garbage. Most bread out of the bag is garbage. Out of a bakery, like an Italian bread, which is a white bread, that's a different story. That's good bread. That's a different story, right? Part of the problem is that in, in this country we have like we, we mass produce garbage in this country. But if you go to a real bakery, that's where you, that's ideally you should get your bread from. So you get fresh bread, that, like a fresh bread out of the oven. You eat that on the side of the love your son, even if it's white bread. Okay. Okay, so. Um, so, if, also, what do, we, what do we mean when we say Tene'ah and Tene'ah? So, I, I have a mode that Tefayim's observation of the obvious, which is that it means Tame'atara. If people are not going to eat their stuff, you know, you might normally try to eat food that's Tahar. There's a whole question. I initially read this in light of Tosis, but I don't think Tosis really says this, is that Tame'atara was just references to Palter versus Pasisra. But I don't think so. I think Tefayim is correct. I think it's Tahar and Tame'at. So, that's how the Mepharshim read it. Um, Tosis, and I read carefully, says he's just adding on. It's another category. Okay? okay. So, it's better to make on the pas nikia tamea, upas kibar tahora, better to have the whole wheat tahora one. I'm sorry, so, no, that's not what it is. Go ahead. And rukhia barada. Okay, balabayas is choice. Yes, the only thing. Was the difference between kluskin and nikia? Is kluskin nuts also supposed to be white bread, or is it? It might be, but I guess the fact that it's distinguished tells you that it's you know it comes from certain. It's a very unusual type of flour. Nikia and kibar are the same flour. The question is whether you sifted the bran out. Whereas kluskin is a thing. It, it probably was. Because Rashi said something about how um, shalbalabai was was on kibar. I think. Yes. Someone said that. I, I don't think that's the same thing. Yes, right. Uh, we have like whole wheat from white wheat. I think it, it tastes almost as good as regular white bread. Uh, you know what? 
whole wheat from white is? Are there different strains of wheat? No, I, I don't think it's different strains of wheat. I'm not mistaken, the only difference between whole wheat white flour, I could be wrong, and whole wheat regular flour is what has been bleached. The way they bleach wheat yeah. is they soak it in water. Um, so they have, I don't know how they do, I don't know how they deal with that, um, but I think it's the same whole wheat, it's just they bleached it, so it looks different. That may, I could be wrong, but if I'm right, that persuaded you, ah, it's white, so it must taste good. So. I think what is aligned with the window is the sun will be I know that there, there are. I, I, I could be wrong, but I. So firstly, so you have to understand something. Also, uh, I doubt that it's the, that it's, that's fundamentally different. Um, could be wrong, but I don't think so. You have to invest it. Go ask them. But you know, by the way, how they make a whole wheat stuff rise very nicely. They add extra gluten in. Oh yeah. Go go to the. I mean, again, it's garbage bread either way. But go to Fryhoffers. Look at the 100% stone ground whole wheat flour, uh, and what you will see is that one of the ingredients is gluten. Because naturally, there's not enough gluten. There's the weight of the bran makes it harder to to rise. Now, if you let a dough rise long enough, what will happen? It will collapse. When, when, the, when the ability of the gluten to stretch and to hold the form of the bread is overcome by the weight of the bread, and uh, it doesn't matter whole wheat or not whole wheat, the bread is going to collapse. So you just, in order to, if you want to super pump up, if you want an Arnold Schwarzenegger of whole wheat breads, you need extra gluten. So that's what they do. They strip, you, know, you can also, by the way, have gluten-free wheat bread. It's a fascinating shayalacha if you strip the gluten out of the wheat. Then someone who is celiac, a gluten or a gluten allergy is not the same thing, should be able to do it. And also, that means it's on a very important other issue if you strip the gluten out of the bread. You can't become chametz. There's a long article in Truman, at least 30 years ago, about this issue. They would use uh, wheat that was stripped of gluten in the process. I think lemon juice, I don't remember. So I didn't know because it was all in Hebrew and all with these sides of returns and all these enzymes, which I wouldn't understand either they were in English. But I, I think the, the psaq is that if you strip the gluten out of the wheat, and you want to use that in processing stuff, there's no concern of chemotes, because if you have no gluten, you cannot have any chemotes. But can you, you, can you use that for That is a fascinating question. That's a machlekes, the Ramam and the Ramban, I think. You want to know what the Here's the question. If you make matzah in apple juice, according to the Ramam, it's not matzah shira. For the Rama Matsashira is only like four liquids. Anything else? Meteros is not Matsashira. Now, the question is, what, it, what honey, uh, maybe milk, uh, wine, and olive oil. Okay. Let's say you make it with apple juice. I um, don't know. I'm not going to comment. But let me, not, uh, maybe. Uh, not my head. I'm gonna, let me explain to you where I'm going. What happens if you make a bread with Meteros only? No water. According to the Rambam, so what should it be? So this is the Shaina. Because if made payros are not machmitzim, without water, so you have made the bread in a manner where it's, the, the species is bali dechimots, but the scenario is, does not require shimi because made payros are machmitzim. 
So I think this is Machlokas the Ramban and the Baal Hamor. I think the Ramam assumes, I kind of like the Baal Hamor, I, I made it backwards. The Ramam, I think it sounds like it's good. Even there's no water in it. Because even though, even though it couldn't be Bali Gehimots, in this situation, wheat is Bali Gehimots. Now, whereas there are those who say, I think it's the Ramban, that no, that even though it's not, that since it's not Bali Gehimots in the scenario, since you didn't have to do Shimor, it's no good. It doesn't count for Matzah. It has to be possible for in the scenario in this scenario. Right? Normally everybody agrees the species certainly has to be one which has the potential. So stripping it of the gluten is somewhere in between these two. It's it's uh, it's it's in other words it may be worse that it, it's better than another species, but it's not quite like Meperos, because at least by Meperos the species of the, the, the flower here mixed with the right thing compared to females. But I think it's the same focus. The question is, does this scenario require is it just a species? That that's bali dechimot, you know. In other words, shivasim and tochal lamatzot lo sochal lo chameitz shivasim and tochal lamatzot only that kosha bali dechimot you can use sonata not by which you can't use sonata is it species or is it situational? That's why I think it made all that. Okay. Anyway, so you did this with me, huh? Yeah. Is that that's basically what we said back then, though. Okay. So uh, now that we finished uh, the rishalmi. Let's take a look at the top. I realize, by the way, we, ha- we didn't read the end of the last sugya. It, it wasn't, uh, I'll read the end very quick, then last sugya. I believe you have to read everything, at least. It was just the dialogue. So Rabbi said what he said, and then it said that Nehardai Avdei Karabi Chiyavar Rabbanan Avdei Karaba, Amravina, Amravi Aim. Ravina said that my mother, I don't know if Amravi was his mother, or like a, uh, like Abaye's Amravi Aim was Abaye's uh, nursemaid who raised him because his. his Father died when he was mother became pregnant. After mother became pregnant, his mother died in childbirth. So Abaye never saw his parents. So Amr the Aim was the was the, the woman who raised him, whoever that was. Um, so here Ravina says, Amr the Aim Avuch Abed to Rabbi Chia. Your father followed Rabbi Chia. Then Rabbi Chia says, Shetichlei Bracha Mavas. Ravana Avdei Karava. That's what she told him. These are two things. Hilchsa Karava Dam Ravach Potzei. Fine. Okay. We're here to sign. Let's go. Kad Balas Itamar. Okay. So they brought in front of them Pisisim and Shleiman. What are Pisisim? That is the question. Okay. They could be just the negation of Shleiman. So, but then there's an important question to be asked. Why would Rabbi Rapuna say that you just make a bracha on the Ketim and your Kotir Now, there's, there's something that has to be unpacked in that question, but I have another question for you. The formulation at first glance is odd. Mevarech al haptitin upoter es hashleimim. Seems like there's two different actions. No, it seems like the assumption is that you'd be mevarech on the petitin and that wouldn't be poter es Yeah. Yes. Very good. It's a very, on the surface, striking. It strikes as a very odd formulation. The question is, what do you make the bracha? Is anybody going to question whether making the bracha on the one doesn't part to the other? I have not seen, I've not seen a whit of discussion in the Bishonim 
Because the Gemara doesn't go there, but the formulation is very striking. Yes. Now, what you're going to have to say for the standard reading is, your Mavarech Alaptitin, and that's the thing that will pass through everything, obviously the Tikkun and the Shlemim as well. You know, whenever you make a bracha, one bracha, if you have two fruits in front of you, we will say that Mavarech on the apples and Potter the olives. Of course. There's no Havamina that you're going to be Mavarech on the apples, but have to make a bracha on the olives as well. The Havamina would have been that you should be Mavarech on the olives and be Potter the apples. Okay. So it's just, it's a formulation. It's an interesting formulation. Okay, continue. Could just Yes, that, that's the whole point. I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know why they formulated it this way, because this formulation allows the possibility. As Jonathan has correctly suggested, it allows the possibility is, oh, you might have thought it doesn't hold the shleim. In other words, Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. Well, Rabbi Yochanan says, you made a bracha on the titan. Oh, now you've got to make a bracha on the shleim. Okay. Now, there is also an ambiguity inherently baked into the word mevarech alaptitin. What is that, Shimmy? You have to, or is it merely permissible? Must you, or may you? Uh, uh, in other words, you can make a bracha on the aptitin, or you must make a bracha on the aptitin. Okay, now the one issue that is also not addressed explicitly is size. Now, species is also not addressed, but what can one reasonably assume? You can assume that it's the same because then it's about to give the other things. Correct. It's reasonable to assume that it's the same species. Petitim and Schleiman of wheat, of gluskin, whatever it is, it's the same. That we can assume. But, what about size? What are the possibilities here? Rashi the relationship of the... Uh, don't tell me Rashi. <laughs> You're running to do Mishalim? Actually, Rani, apropos to our conversation that I wasn't part of, and then our, your conversation and then our conversation, you should be able to read it without Rashi and anybody and think through the possibilities. But some of us, speaking for myself only, are a little more lame-brained, and by reading Rashi and Shonim, we can then go back and then read the Gemara without them to understand what the possibilities are, and maybe you can just see another possibility. But you could ask the question, let's talk it out without saying what the Rishonim comment on, which is what is the size. So there are three possibilities of the size of the Petitim with respect to the Shonim. There are not three reasonable possibilities in the Gemara, but there are three possibilities in the world. Which are, Balaz? Smaller, even a bigger. Smaller, even a bigger. I think that would encompass, if any philosophy majors here would agree, that encompasses the three possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a fourth Ephraim? Yeah, I was going to say, it also does not matter. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I didn't say Dinam. I want to know three possibilities of a relationship between Pete and the Shleiman. The answer is oh. small, the same, or bigger. Depending on which one you pick might have an impact upon that. Now, the Mavarech, there is a relationship. There are, theoretically, we have three sizes and two possibilities, whether it's a Rishus or a Chiv, right? whether you may or you must. It's fair to say that, so that would, you know, can we do the, for the non-math majors here, there are six possibilities there. Okay, two by three. Not all of these can be considered. There's one that can most definitely be eliminated. But l- let's, let's, one, in fact, 
two that can be eliminated. Well, you definitely don't. Not necessarily, if I would beg to differ. Smaller pity Tim and Jamie? And, and you must. It's hard to argue that you have two things of the same quality. One is shave, one is broken. The broken one is less material than it, that you must make a bracha on the lesser one. I mean, this is not her scene, I've been chosen. Okay? So now I'm focus between the pieces of bread on the table and saying, make the bracha me, make the bracha me. That's not what's happening here. What? credit for that. I'll tell you why I don't think I don't think this sugi is the least bit interested in in, uh, in Hesse. That was the previous sugi. I would have used the term if I had to guess if that's what you wanted to say I would have said Botseya. That's what I would have said. I hear what you're saying um, but in light of the fact that Hesse does not seem to play any role in this sugi it seems to have been a very possible not a definite role it's not definitely one um, but uh, uh, and the truth is did Hefseg play a role in the Sugya or only in Tosos the Tosos that we didn't really read I mean I guess we assumed we assumed that the you know that's, uh, according to s- well, yeah correct in a, in a pure vacuum ignoring both the continuation of the Sugya and the, what precedes it but I think that Hefsek doesn't play a role in this again. <coughs> the possibilities that I'm raising now <coughs> are not negating what's about to come. It may be a little bit informed by it, but that definitely told the prime. Well, wait. Who? Who said what? The right of here or the right of the Ashba? I thought the right of here. You said it? Okay, fine. I look back and see. The right of here? See, right of this is how we show them are used in what way. The interpreters, not, not, not interested in the authoritative question right now. Yeah. What's that? It gives me the suggestion there. Yeah, which is fine. Because if you want to, it doesn't matter. If you want to fully, no matter why you want to know what the Risham said, <coughs> if you want to fully understand them, you have to know what the paths were in front of them. And sometimes you reconstruct that after reading them. You may, under, you may come up with ideas that were a path they might have considered and rejected, even if they don't mention explicitly. Let me just take a look. I, I don't understand what Ephraim is driving at. He says, Mishum the Mishavana Sire Kamar. Ah, okay. I see the man quickly. Okay, so, most I accept it. Fine. You could, you could resuscitate those and say that even if the petitum are smaller, <coughs> so even though the Shlemen are bigger and they're whole, nonetheless, you uh, must make a bracha on the petitim because they're petitim and easier to eat. 
Okay. Fine. Fine. <coughs> What do you mean by that? I mean, are they small or just smaller? Yeah. That, gets it, that, that might become relevant. Right? I think it's my matter if it's foreseeable. Well, right, right. I, I'm not assuming right now we're in that discussion of whether it's foreseeable. Right? You agree that once you can be foreseeable, okay. smaller is all the same. Um, I think there's some chashivas. But it shouldn't, again, that's not a function of, of absolute size, it's a function of relative size. Relative size, oh, sorry. I mean, once it's notable, absolute size should not matter. Matter, it's relative size. In other words, it's a, it's a quantitative evaluation versus a qualitative one. The only qualitative difference in size could be from both sample to not both sample. Okay. So, what's the other possibility that we said two? So I would say, leaving aside Lewis's consideration, I think also, if they're shoving in size, it's hard to imagine Rahuna saying you must make on the petition. Except for now, Lewis is offered a reason, which could be valid even if they're smaller. Right. Okay. So we have all six possibilities might still be in play. Now, the I don't think <coughs> anybody explicitly says that the petitim are smaller than the shrine. They might be the same size. They might be bigger. Okay. So that is the first step in the Gemara. We're not, we're not clarifying anything yet. We're just laying out the possibilities. Next. If, if they're smaller, what would the Lewis said, because less than a half steak, or the way the writer says, not as a halafic, but you can eat it faster, and you're hungry, so it's more friends like, oh, this is the one I want, because I can just bite into it. Mikar Asai was the right term. Okay. Next. Continue. Rabbi Yochanan Amar. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Russian, Russian. The Rav Yochanan says, Shlema is mitzvah min hamocha, <coughs> which is an ironic choice of words in this context. You could have said what? You could have said, like, is the right word. No, no, Shlema is fine. It's the, the, there are two things about mitzvah min hamocha, one which catches my eye, one which I think if you'll see that we've shown him hint to. Ronnie? It, it seems to suggest that well, no, if, if it's an equal mafrot, then that's not giving like any half to do, but what you should do. Because Miss Alam Hart sounds like I think you should do not an absolute thing. Very good. That's what the Misham to pick up on. What is Mitzvah and Amukhar is like? Okay, it's a good thing to do. Is it, how often does that term come up in shops? I don't know. What? I'm sorry, Jake? No, that's the other point I wanted to make to you. <coughs> the same word appears, but it's used very differently. It's all ironic. Mitzvah min hamuvcha. No, 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 no. Take the expression mitzvah min hamuvcha. It's a mitzvah to do it from the mukha, the better kind. The daga mukha. Right? Once you break up the phrase, then, then it's not necessary to say that it's 
No, except that the problem is that Shlema, now I think he's using Mitzvah Mukhar. What we say is that, I don't want the etymology, ours is saying, we say something's a Mitzvah Mukhar, it's the best way to do things. And that's how he's using it here. Because he says Shlema is Mitzvah Menemukhar. He should have said Shlema Meshahumukhar. This is not the way I would have formulated it. The, the sentence is not formulated that way. He says, if Yochanan says, Shlema is mitzvah minamukha. That, that's what it says. There's an understood verb, is. It doesn't say that Shlema is hamukha. No, because the verb is never appears in, 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 in rabbinic Hebrew. It's always there. He doesn't say Shlema is a Mokha. And then we would conclude you should make that Mokha. He says that Shlema is a Mokha. Now, it might be Rabbi Yochan is thinking about the Tosefta when he uses this formulation. But the crucial point is the one that somebody said, I apologize, I can't remember who said it, was that it's not what Rabbi says and what Rabbi Yochan says are not, don't carry the same force, at least literally. Rabbi said, and Rabbi Yochanan said, Shlema is mitzvah minamukha. You could read Rabbi Yochanan as, you must, you may. Rabbi Yochanan seems to occupy, literally at least, and maybe he doesn't really mean this, a space between those two. It's not just that you may, it's pure shas, but it's not that you must. It's good. It's mitzvah minamukha. That was Yiran here said it, right? I mean, therefore, you should, right? You should. There's a difference between you should and you must. You, okay, fine. There's a huge it's difference awesome. between the two. It's not awesome. Yeah. I'm sorry? If you should do something, that means you can't do it. If you should and you may, basically, I'd say it's more similar. But should and must are two very different things, yeah. my point. Should is no, no. May means it's okay to do it. Should implies more than it's okay. It's that it's ideal. But must means it's mandatory. Right. May, should, must. Okay. So, so, mitzvah amukhar implies should. Ravuna's mevarech is ambiguous. Is it saras mevarech? Or is it allowed to be mevarech? In the Tosefta, how is the formulation used? It's just like really it's mandatory, presumably. It uses mavarich, but I think that, unless you say that Tosef is also, it's not optional, that's for sure. This is mavarich. The point is that that, it, that sounds like, I, I assume, maybe I'm wrong, I assume that Tosef is you must. Not you can, not you may. It's the word mispah, even if you want to like remove it, from the context of the Hamukha, because that means you have to do the Hamukha. Just Mitzvah alone, what would that imply? In other words, it just said, Mitzvah. I think Mitzvah is, uh, Mitzvah and Mitzvah and Mukha are probably are often the same thing. You have to see, you have to see the sentence in context. But he said, Shlema, uh, Mitzvah Menach Shlema, I would understand that Mitzvah Menach Shlema, like Mitzvah Menach Shlema. That was my question. Yeah. Menach yeah. so, Correct. I believe so. I think so. Ezra, the Tosef is clear that it has to be must because well, like the, way the, it, the, the part with the Shiva Saminim proves that it has to be must. 
because if it were just me, you don't have to offer a reason why Mavarech HaLasorim. You don't have to offer a reason, even though Kusman is better. We just say why Sorim is better. You don't, the point is, if you may, if, the Mavarachim cannot be Mitzvah Amulchar. So it's either Rishus or it's Chiyuf. Now, if it's just Rishus, if you want, there's no need to offer another reason. You don't need to tell us, and by the way, if you're wondering why, it's because it's Minin Shiva. Even though the other ones, no? No. Yeah, so you can tell from that one. I could get a reason. There's an assumed reason under Chiyin and why we do. Well, again, the question. Again, I think it's Pashut. It all means must. I think it makes sense that it's must. Must. Yeah, it's hard to read it that way. Right. So, so look, let me, let me frame it to you this way. All of this sugya is what's proper, because none of it's not okay. No, I, I agree, but if you took brachos, which you make the bracha? One bracha is going to pot everything. Which you make up? So we wouldn't say violated in that way, right? It just means that it's nicer to make the bracha on this, but. If I choose to forego it, then you'll be wrong. So we could discuss the place with the Persefta because what follows the Persefta is certainly not optional. The whole section is a Mishnah, so the fact that it's phrased in an ordinary way doesn't mean that it's Yeah, I think that's the simple reading. Okay. Um, I, I think, I, I think you, I think you're on. There's stuff in that Tosefta in that section which is purely derecheret, but there's stuff that is clearly mandatory, and I think the formulation you suggest that yes, it's not 100 percent lachach. Okay. So we have a lot of possibilities floating in the air, and now the Gemara continues for us. Okay, so firstly, who's talking? Well, it's like, it's is Rabbi Yochanan, you know, you understand the reference. Is Rabbi Yochanan Babdol? Mm. What? Who? Mm. He ran against Clinton the second time. He was a World War II hero. He was a longtime senator from Kansas. Um, so Bob Dole had this habit of referring to himself in the third person. So it became a, a meme, a, a memes before there were memes, but the press would joke about this. So, how can Rabbi Yochanan be say, Divrei Hakol, when he's still talking? So obviously, the Gemara, after, before the word Avol, I mean, Rabbi Yochanan says, Shlemetz al-Mukhar, semicolon. Now the Gemara is commenting. Avol, Prusa Shochit and Shlemetz min ha-Sa'urim, Divrei Hakol, Mevarech ala Prusa Shochit and Upoter es ha-Shlemetz al-Sa'urim. Now, how would Rabbi Yochanan say that? He wouldn't say everybody agrees because then he'd be talking about himself in the third person. He might say in a case of that. But you wouldn't say Oh, well, it's a, and it's the Gemara now talking. They quote, you don't even know to some extent whether this is... Right, like either Rabbi Yochanan 
Okay, so the, but the Prusa and the Petitim is particularly strange. What might very well be the answer to the question? What might solve that last problem? The Rishonim are going to have an approach. I know. Ronnie? What's that? So you have to investigate, and I, I didn't do the investigation, I'm not going to. If I were really an academician, if I were really carrying to even integrating it with, with the base letters, I would have gone on a, on a, on a, on a hunt for Prusa and, and Petitha to see how the words are used. And the, the, the crucial question is do they have a different meaning? Or are they words from different layers, different sources that use the same, to a different word for the same thing? That's, that's the question, really, that you have to grapple with. And, and the Rishonim, in this case, Tosos, is going to not want to see, you know, um, he's not going to look at things through the, you know, I guess, a, a, a synchronous lens. He's going to look through an asynchronous lens. We don't really care about time here. We assume that all sources are the same. One uses Prusa, one uses Prusa, one uses Petitim, and therefore they mean something different. And that's how Tosos will build his case against Rashi's reading. But, whether or not you agree with it or disagree with it, it is important to have noted it, which I fail to do, but you know, I'm not the only one. Okay. So now, we're still going to go just a little further here. Continue. How do you want to read this? Once again, we have a machlokas and Rishonim here, because there are one obvious possibility, which most of the Rishonim reject, not the writer, though. And then there's the less obvious possibility. Ronnie, you're looking at me funny. Kitanoi. That would have been the simplest, straightforward reading of the Gemara. It is the writer's reading. Yeah, Kitanoi. What does Kitanoi usually mean? This Machlokas Tamarai maps to a Machlokas Tamarai. Yeah, that's what I would have read. Rashi, not wanting to interpret that way for a reason, Rashi heads it off of the past and tells you something else. He gives you the other possibility, which one would never have considered. I think, by the way, the writer's reading also gets far better, more shot than, than the than the uh, the Tzarkas, as he refers to them. <laughs> right? And that's how he refers to them. It's not derogatory derision. You know, it's not some derision. It's just, but uh, I think the writer's reading reads much better than the So, what is the alternative reading that the writer rejects? Kitanoi. I don't again. I don't know Shas well enough. But this is an impression form from learning hundreds and hundreds of Latin many times. I don't know of another Kitanoi that matches the way they want to read it here. Like Rashi wants to read it. What does he say for Kitanoi? And this is a this is crucial reading the subject, right? The, the, whether or not whether or not everybody agrees, right? Whether or not Kule Alma holds that Prusashal Khitim and Shlema Shosorim, you make a bracha on the Prusa Shochitim, that's not agreed by everybody. And as you could say, Kulay Alma here means Rabbi Yochan Ravuna. But now Rabbi Yuri Baba says, yes, maybe Rabbi Yochan Ravuna both agree with that, but not everybody does, because that point is the subject of a Machlokas Atanoim. And now the Mishnah is that going to quote in Trumos, so the first Mishnah, which is really the second Mishnah in Trumos, which in itself is kind of interesting. Um, so that Mishnah is going to be understood initially by the Gemara as corresponding to whether you make the bracha on the Prusa Shachitim or the Shlema Shosor. So, what does the Mishra say? Go ahead. Uh, 
So you have a choice here. You have to separate onions for truma. And there is a din. There is a din. Bahari Mechem es Chelbo Mimenu. Or, that's by Trumas Meiser, but there's a hekesh. Or, Kol Chelev Dagan, the Chelev Tiroshi Yitzhak. What is Chelev? Well, last time I checked, it was fat. I didn't know that wine had fat in it. Wheat has fat in it, very small content. Dagan has a very small content. Olive oil is nothing but fat. And wine has probably, I mean, maybe maybe trace, I'm sure there's trace elements of fat in, in grapes. Now, chelev, so why, what does chelev mean here? Rani says choice. Why is chelev used for the word choice? Because yes. fat is the best part of the animal. That's why you give the chelev to God. Unlike the low-fat craze in this country, which has turned it into one large obese lob, um, fat is what you want. Fat sates you. Fat doesn't destroy your blood sugar, your pancreas, your liver, and so on. Sugar is a different story. So fat, the reason why they gave the fat to the gods is because it was the best part of the animal. So that, yes, Jay? You're, you're entitled for a little on this because I just tried it out. I'm a little, you know, I'm like a dog with a bone. I don't let go. Then we should have given the sugar to God and kept the fat for ourselves. Well, no, that would mean we were selfish. And we would give him God diabetes as process. <laughs> what? Well, in, in those days, it wasn't the problem because they didn't have enough calories to have our kind of power problems. The reason why bari for fat and bari for healthy were synonymous terms because in a world in which your, your tomorrow's lunch wasn't guaranteed, the ability to store fat and then burn it over the next few days when you ate no food was a tremendous hit. But chelev tasted the best. It's the best part. It's the most delicious part. And there's a reason we're programmed that way because it packs calories in smaller and it doesn't kill you in the process. So anyway, bottom line is chela means the choice part. So there's a, there's a preference for the best part, giving the best part to God. In this case, giving the best part to the Kohen Lewis because he is our representative before the Rebona Shalom. So we give him the good stuff, the best of the wheat, the best of the, of the wine, the best of the, of the olive oil. So now they're arguing about the onions. Okay, which might only be true with the Rabbana, but it doesn't matter. And so the question is, do you give him a chatsi batzel gadol or a batzel katan shalem? So the question, there are, uh, firstly, in terms of the Mishnah, uh, let's ask the question of, is this may or must? That's an easy question to answer. Jay? I'm sorry, I'm wearing my glasses here. May or must boss? Seems to be must. The Chachamim say, the Chachamim say, Chatsi Shalom and Lo Chatsi Batzel Gadol. That's clearly a must. And Rabbi Yehuda says, Lo Ki Ela Chatsi Batzel Gadol. The Pashtun says, he means no, it's a must in the opposite direction. Not, 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 not giver's choice. Right, that's easy. But now the question is, what is the difference between a Chatsi Batzel Gadol and a Batzel Katan Shalom, other than the fact that one is Shalom and one is Chatsi, um, not so. So one question has to be asked, is there a size difference? Now, there are two possibilities here that seem only two logical possibilities here, which is, I don't think you can say the Chatsi Batzel Gadol is small. Right? 
no logic Lewis is going to save us here, Hasechadas and, and so on. Yeah. So it's either going to be the same size yeah. or it's going to be bigger. bigger. Now, if it's bigger, I understand why you might choose one or the other. If it's the same size, why would you choose the Chatsi Bat Well, There's still something about it being a big onion. Oh, and you give me the leftovers? Thank you. And Louis, thanks you very much. Because Batzel Gadol is a different, might be a different species than a Batzel Katan. Ah, I didn't think of that. The discussed this issue. I thought of it only because once upon a time, a year, a year or so ago, I learned this Gemara, so there were a few echoes still stuck in my head. The Chatzib of Batzel Gadol could be of a different quality than a Batzel Katan. It doesn't, it doesn't be two different species, it could be that the bigger ones are better. And if a Chatzib Batzel Gadol might be the same size, that's why you would choose Chatzib. Um, so half a big is the same as a small but um, it's a better quality so one is shalim one is a better quality so we'll stop here but the Gemara's suggestion here is that there's one Tana prefers shalim shlemut and one Tana prefers better quality you could call it yafeh you can call it chashuv um, okay so we're, we still have a little more to go for the initial reading of tomorrow. We'll do that first thing tomorrow. And then we'll start to go back to see how the Rishon and sketch out the pieces.